0: Hi, I'm Ryan North.
1: I'm Lori Fungi.
0: And I'm Sean Wilson. You're listening to Foster Family Matters, a production of CK Family Services. People united through God to enhance the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of at-risk children and families. Welcome back to Foster Family Matters. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, for this yes, uh, maybe last component of our summer uh, book club of uh, the Whole Brain Child. Uh, we're so glad that you are continuing to tune in. We have no idea why you are, but we're grateful that you are. And, and you're assuming that they are. <laughs> we're assuming that you are. <laughs> we're not just floating this out into the ether of the internet and praying. and, and yeah, what? whatever.
1: We're praying that they're still us
0: Yes, please. We do. We do pray. We pray for you and we pray for ourselves as well but um thanks thanks for joining us uh remember uh we have a facebook group that you can join if you're looking for community to discuss some of the things that we have been uh floating out there uh with others uh, we uh we've got folks who have actually joined the community and and we ourselves all uh each log in and and take a look to see what's going on there so it's a good opportunity to interact with us and uh, build community for yourself um, don't forget to, uh, to like the show if you like it and subscribe and share and review and so on and so forth. And, uh, without any further ado, I believe today we're talking about the, the me, we, is that right?
1: We are the me, we connection.
2: The me, we can, I prefer the way you we talk about the me, we, me, we, like me, we is a word. Me, we, sounds sounds. it should be one. We, um, Mwa. Hey, can I, can I can I say something to start us off? Please sure. do. I, I love the human brain. I've said that before, but here's why I love studying the human brain because it is it it is where science and scripture intersect, right? Because science neuroscience explains a lot of things about about why we do the things we do, and that's all governed by this beautiful beautiful org- organ that the Lord created. Uh, you know, often we'll get into science versus religion battles and stuff, and I'm like scientific discoveries discover and can explain things that are already there, right? Like like the Wright brothers didn't figure out how to fly, they just figured out how to harness the physical attributes that already existed in, in the universe and how to leverage that for flight. So um, in this book, it says, uh, the social brain wired for we in this chapter. We are wired for we, and when I read that, I thought about this, we were made for relationships. Yes. Right? We're wired for we, yes. we're made for relationships. If you go right back to the beginning of the Bible, um, the Lord saw what He had made and He saw that it was good, the Lord saw what He had made and saw that it was good. And then Adam is made and the Lord saw that it was not good for man to be alone. I always found that interesting. Uh, and, then, and then He says, come let us, make, uh, the, the, uh, let us make man in our image first and then let us make a helper suitable for him, is what the Bible says. Because we were made from relationship for relationship. If you've gone to church at any point in your life you've probably heard that before. Right. But we were made for relationships. And and the tragedy about the, the 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 population of kids that we're parenting is that is that has been stolen from them because of their trauma, and so that's the beauty of understanding the human brain is how do we we rewire it right?
1: Or that rather than it, sorry to interrupt, but rather than it hasn't been stolen, it it was theirs just done poorly the relationship wasn't healthy. It was entirely dysfunctional yep. and that created a dysfunction and a, and changed the trajectory of where that relationship could have gone.
2: Yeah, so that's what I meant by stolen because not just changed the trajectory of that, but it also changed the trajectory of their ability to seek and form healthy relationships. Before. Healthy. Yeah, right. Right. They'll
1: form a relationship, yeah, but it may and, not be healthy. But that's yeah. been
2: taken from them to some degree by the experiences of their life. And, and this book is coaching us on, on how to do that back, right? You know, the next thing they talk about um, because we have to move to some of the other things, but the next thing in that section is about um, mirror neurons, or if you want to insert oh, you pronounce, thing. You, you're pronouncing it correctly. You can do that if you want to. Uh, looking glass neurons, um, which is interesting that we only discovered this uh, like like uh, discovered the like in the mid '90s. For anyone who's not getting that reference, be sure to listen to the last, uh, the most recent episode prior to this mm-hmm. one. Yes, because I cannot pronounce M I R R O R with any degree of of, of certainty or skill. Um, it is kind of fun to listen to. To uh, Lori, tried to say it. Well,
1: too, now, I was gonna say. Now it's speculation out that I can't
2: either. So let's hear. it.
1: <laughs> mirror. <laughs> you
2: yeah, think that sounds as poor badly as I do? It is. It's like Meerkat. mirror cat. <laughs> mirror. <laughs> She's from Wisconsin. So I don't know. that. <laughs> Another lie. I don't know if we're going to get to any content today, but we are going to enjoy. Oh, back, back to the brain. Um, so, so you know. So, this is the simplest way that I can explain what mirror neurons do, right? Because this is the part of your brain that's wired for you to connect with other people, right? So, when you're holding a baby and the baby smiles at you, what do you always do? Stick smile my back. Tongue out, smile back. No, uh, oh. you you may be atypical. Uh, you smile <laughs> back, and when you smile at the and you stick your tongue out at the baby, the baby goes. Back mm-hmm. right. And so now um, I remember reading in a book which one it was. Um, uh, maybe the Perry book, um, talking about how like, research now says that like two hours after birth, those neuro- mirror neurons are activated. Wow. And so the kid's already seeing, looking at you as a mirror, and that's how we connect in relationship is that we, we see ourselves in other people, mm-hmm. right? Other people see themselves in us, and that's why this you know, holding the baby and delighting in the baby and all of those important things that cause all of the right juices to get released in the brain, which of course the, the brain to be wired the way it's supposed to. When the kids don't get the delight, not all that happens.
0: It's also a great way to remote control other people, right? Leveraging the mirror neuron. You can. Yeah, because...
2: I, I like the words you're using. <laughs> Leverage and,
0: con- remote, and control. remote control. It's it's the world I live in. <laughs> but but seriously, it, it, uh, it, to to your point, I mean, these, these mirror neurons are, are useful for, for us and our experiences to mm-hmm. learn. But if you're in a parenting situation and you're trying to... I uh, almost said like control. If you're trying to 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 manage uh, an experience between you and your child, you know, doing pu- putting your physical state into such a way that you want their physical state to look like can produce the effect that their physical state starts to mirror yours. Yes, right? which
1: actually does take some self-control. That's right. Because that doesn't feel naturally because we're typically driven by our emotions. Mm. So if I go into a high tense situation with my child and I'm not mindful and in control over what my body's doing, I'm sharing that and his or her mirror neurons are going to pick up on that and respond in a very similar way that I am. And you continue to have this conflict and it becomes contentious.
0: Well, and it's just it's just automatic. Like even being aware of it, being consciously aware of it as I am, I'll be in a meeting with someone and um find myself crossing my legs at the exact moment or shortly thereafter someone else crosses their legs or crossing my arms or putting my hands in a certain way or or taking a drink when somebody
1: else does yeah Mm -hmm.
0: exactly all of that so um anyways it's a it's a good tool to leverage uh in my opinion to remote control other people
2: i remember um about 10 years ago um going to a dealing with difficult people seminar and was the, the guy used to be the head of human resources for Coca-Cola, and then he left that and started doing human resource consulting and these, these, these seminars. And he said, um, and this is the first time I heard this idea, and it's been reinforced and repeated many times since, that when somebody is really angry, being completely calm is not helpful. We think, well, they'll, they'll want to match our calm. He said you have to go, like, if they're at a 10, you go to an 8. Mm-hmm. Because what's going to happen is they will come down to an 8. They, you, they can't go from 10 to 0. They'll come to an 8. And when they get to 8, you go 5. Right. And you step them down. Right. That was his advice. Um, you know, and then getting into 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 the brain and, and, and you know, trauma parenting and stuff like that, talking about um, ma- matching your child's affect, not affect, affect. Mm. Um, so so if they're, if they're really, really angry, you get a little bit of a, like, look on your face because because of the mirror neuron things they're actually connecting with you now instead of you just like i can really tell that bothers you sean right anybody that's ever spoken to me like that i I, it amped me up yep right it amped me up i once saw my dad in an argument with the guy when i was in high school um the guy was a lawyer my dad's not and so this guy was doing his best lawyer thing and and he was just speaking calmly to my father and i could tell it was like throwing fuel on the fire just like revved him up so much um, and that's part of the, you know, the mirror neuron thing, like like seeing, like, like you need to know that I care, right? because I can tell that really bothers you, Sean, works in calm environments, but it's not working in one where you're about to throw things across me at the room. And so, I mean, that's, that's, that's a really good skill, a difficult skill to master mm-hmm. is being able to get 80% of the way there and still staying in control because it does actually help the kids step down because what, what my daughter learns when I, have the same look on my face as hers and I have a little bit of an accelerated tone is all she hears is daddy cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well it's the
0: same principle. So if if you were to be bitten, bitten by pretty much anything other than maybe a mosquito, I'm not sure this principle works with a mosquito, but we'll I tell you at the end of know, your, your analogy. Highly
1: intrigued now.
0: <laughs> so so when when you are bitten, whether it's by a dog, a cat, a human, whatever you, you should not. <laughs> What's going on at your I'm house? I'm not it happens all the time. I'm using <laughs> it as an analogy. Roll with me here. Um, it, instead of instead of yanking away from the bite, which which will result in tearing of flesh and and pain and and destruction, um, you should lean into you that push bite. In, right? right. You push in, and in the same way. Um, uh, with, with emotional situations or with, or with, uh, these charged uh, situations where you're talking about, you know, somebody's at a 10, you kind of got to go into, into the the trauma or go into the experience a little bit. You're almost like a, uh, like the guy who jumps out of a helicopter to go down and rescue someone off the side of the mountain, right? You don't, you don't beckon to them from the helicopter and say, come on, jump, jump, come back to me, right? No, you jump out of the helicopter and you go down and you strap them into the thing and then you go up together. And it's it's that kind of a thing, right? When 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 there's a something, when there's an, an animal latched onto your arm, you don't rip it apart yeah. from your flesh, or, or you will be injured. If right. you lean into it, you'll you'll escape
2: relatively un, unscathed. That's a good good example. And also, you're correct that would does not <laughs> work with, with mosquitoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it
1: Doesn't? Yeah. Mm-mm.
2: Look at we'll us all affirming and stuff. <laughs> all right. Well, I've done my part for today. <laughs> So um, yeah, you mean you got to lean in. Well, Uh, I
1: really liked this um, on page one twenty. There's the quote. And it's just so fantastic because I hear this from parents so much. And I think it helps to clarify the misnomer that our kiddos are just automatically going to be these people um, without any type of external influence, i.e. us as parents. It says, sure, we want our kids to become men and women who are strong and forgiving and respectful and loving, but that's a bit much to expect of someone who's just recently learned to tie his shoes.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's come just, on now. Preach. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tell it like it is.
1: <laughs> right? We want these things for our kiddos, and there's nothing wrong for that bar of expectation. But the idea is legitimately five, six, seven-year-olds, they've just learned to tie their shoes. Or they've just learned what it means to put the dishes in the dishwasher or uh, put my clothes in the laundry basket as we get older and older. And we want them to be able to embrace and have mastery Over these really complex emotions and feelings and and personal exchanges to be forgiving to somebody, to be compassionate and empathetic. We I know plenty of adults that don't do that well either. And I can say I don't do that. I'm not nailing that 100 percent all the time right and so i need to check agree with myself thank you i was gonna say you were, you
2: were talking about ryan weren't you
1: i was <laughs> <laughs> you,
2: you, you cannot throw that on me now that i've affirmed it. her <laughs> it's like that birthday. i insist he,
0: he used his uh his affirmity affirmity affirmation
1: <laughs>
2: affirming shield Anyways, I like affirmity. Um, that's a great point, though. Yes, right, like, and it
1: kind of stings a little bit. I mean, it, it, it kinda does. It's like, oh, well,
2: the, there's there's some things we do that hurts. There's some things we do culturally, and I, and I mean, mostly sort of Western culture, not just here in the US, um, is like, um, Dad will leave and go. You have to be the man of the household, mm, mm-hmm. like for the day for a business trip or whatever. And I know you talk about that that thing, um, obviously. Everybody travels and stuff like that. But but this is something from my, you have to be the man of the house. Yeah. Well, telling a five-year-old they have to be the man of the house sounds cute, but I think the more you say it, the more you actually have expectation of that five-year-old to act like an adult. Imagine
1: in my household, and my growing up, hearing that at age seven as a girl.
2: You had to be the man of the house? I had to
1: be the man of the house.
2: Yeah, okay. Oh, my to. gosh. This episode just turned into <laughs> therapy for fungi.
0: I think wait. I think what Laurie meant is, wait, I only have to be the man of the house. I don't have to be the the
2: matriarch of the house. <laughs> Win <When> for me. <laughs> you are a kid in the seventies and eighties. You're like, oh, that means that I never mind. We're not going <laughs> to bag in the seventies. Why 80s. I
1: grill really well, and I can fix the car, and I can whenever this the static started on hey, the listen,
2: TV. I not look. Like I got I'm, that
1: antenna just right with the right amount of tinfoil and the fork balancing on the end. <laughs> so
2: I. I uh <laughs> I'm a little Thanks. upset that you stole my therapy thunder because I was going to make it look like a magic trick. Is that why you like to work on cars, Lori? And then you confess. <laughs> then she leaned into it. Yeah. Crisis okay. averted. To okay. your point. From because
1: her. I made sense of my past. Let's
0: uh, let's jump into this. Okay, the str- we'll go with that.
2: <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> let's jump into the strategies.
0: Okay. Uh, strategy number 11 uh is is uh and and i i say this because i think these are some of the most uh fun strategies
1: oh look at what you did there that was a terrible like segue
0: <laughs> but it, it was wasn't, a segue it wasn't nonetheless.
2: great i'll give it it
0: wasn't great <laughs> <laughs> but uh strategy number 11 which is the first strategy in chapter six uh is to increase the family fun factor making a point to enjoy each other what a novel
2: idea that Just we
1: should play enjoy.
2: what a great idea you know,
1: play everyone play yeah
2: i'm talking people this all the time if you can enjoy if you enjoy your kids they will immediately in that moment be less annoying. Yes. Because you're enjoying them. Because here's of the a mirror th- neurons. Here's a great thing too. If your kids are enjoying you, you will oh. also in that moment be less oh, annoying to that. them. Wow, that's good. I love that. See so some things we do to play at our house. Um, my yeah. kids love playing cards. Uh, but they also like playing like annoying games like Uno and stuff. Like I'm like sort of like regular cards. <gasps> Send all your angry Uno letters to <laughs> R North at CK how Family Service. It's too you. long. It's
0: too long. It
1: doesn't have to be.
0: Oh, okay I feel like we maybe should take the UNO discussion <laughs> offline I think what Lori just said is when you're as good as she is it ends quickly I'm like do you own shares in, in the
2: company that makes UNO <laughs> no
1: clearly I'm passionate about you, UNO you defended
2: that pretty harshly. yeah um, like you know Carry just take like, yeah, a regular a deck of cards and there's a ton of games that can play like mm-hmm. our, our friend um, a friend of ours from New Jersey Allison was at a, at home last year for a week and she kid, taught the kids to play this game called garbage which a real and I, it was probably known by a myriad of names is around that kids. where you take the garbage out to the bin. From- no, it's that's recent.
1: a wonderful game. I,
2: I need to teach it when my the kids, kids play that. <laughs> so it's so you start with ten cards, and then the winner goes down to nine, eight in subsequent hands. It's a really simple card card game, and my my daughter, who had just turned five at the time, took to it. And we'll sit and play garbage. Um, my father-in-law taught the kids all about how to play Texas Hold'em. Yes. So the other day, uh, the other night, uh, my wife and I were making dinner together. And go into the dining room, and they've taken up my poker set, and they're sitting playing Texas Hold'em 11 year old, 10 year old, 6 year old, and their 10 year old friend from across the street. And so um, I, I bought boxes of candied cigarettes so I could connect my children to my childhood. And i like, Dad, yes. can we have cigarettes? And I walk in the room, and they got like candy cigarettes in their mouth playing Texas Hold'em. And, uh, and it was so funny, though. Um, they offered candy cigarettes to the friend, and she said, No, she didn't smoke. <laughs> It was hilarious, but my, but my six year old she like grasped the concept of poker. And so one night after my father in law taught her, um, the two of us and then two of our other kids are playing hold'em, and uh, and she's got she's literally got like a pair of threes, and then you know in, on, in the community cards there there are like four four three fours, so she's got a full house, yep. and she literally is like full house fours over threes and pushes her cards into the middle. <laughs> She won, like, the first three hands legitimately. I'm uh-huh. like, you're six. Yeah. Do you want to go to Vegas? <laughs> like, <laughs> she's really good at cards. And that's one of the things we love to do Him is play cards or play musical instruments, or just enjoy each other. Right, just and I know
1: Sean has an example, so I'm gonna give him some space to share it, but you can make fun out of anything. And I think you found the trick to that, to share, share what you do with something really mundane and benign.
0: Well, you have to, and, and you know, my my example's gonna be, uh, I, I love playing games and, and all of that, and just, if you create, I think that what you're talking about is really kind of laying the foundation for a playful environment for yeah. your household, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and if you have that, then within, within that uh, context or culture that you create within your household, you can engage when you're in the middle of conflict or when, when there's uh, things going on, you can, you can more readily go to a playful, playful place uh, to mitigate some of the, the challenges that you yeah. face. So um, one of the challenges that we've had in our household for, gosh, 20 years is uh, getting children to go to bed ever <laughs> let alone on time right but like going to bed and and staying there we'll talk about staying there maybe in a different episode but um one of the things that i have found that works is uh, my my children are all highly competitive and it just something as simple as challenging them to a race to the bedroom yeah and and it distracts them from whatever they were doing before that i'm trying to get them their uh, attention shifted away from and transitioned into you know this other thing and it's it's become uh it's become pretty fun uh, you know, uh, if you're a fan of the movie uh, Days of Thunder, or even if you're not, you, you may remember. Stop the car! Call stop the car! <laughs> <laughs> you may. I don't, I'm not sure about that one, but you may. You may remember the, that you're not. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing, baby. So when we, when when my daughter and I race to the bedroom uh, for her bedtime, it has it has become quite the physical event, which which is is utilizing some other strategies we know about, you know, physical contact and 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 so on and so forth, to alleviate the stress of uh, of now we're transitioning from what we thought we wanted to do
2: to this other playful thing to get to the to the place that we need to be at. So I, I like that story for a bunch of reasons. One of them being, if there's stuff that needs to be done, um, if you can get everybody to do it playfully, you'll get it done.
1: Absolutely. Like
2: think about the things we argue with our kids about, i.e., like so at our house, we have nighttime chores, which means that every, everybody rotates, and basically what that means is that you just sweep the floor in the room, Um, any, any, any stuff that's lying around, just pick it up. So it's like five, six minutes of your life. It's not a big deal. And then on Saturday we'll do like deep cleaning chores. We've clean bathrooms and stuff. And so everybody gets their own zone. Oh my gosh. You turn into the world's biggest nag trying to get the kids to do it. So one Saturday morning we had, we had, we had an an idea team mom, team dad. We divided the kids up and the winner got ice cream. You will have no idea how fast the children did chores. That's and hours, fun, right? And Do were the losers game now. not get ice cream? No, we we actually got everybody ice cream mm-hmm. because because the losers would have like one less scoop or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Only one sprinkle. <laughs> Wait a second! Did everybody get a trophy?
2: Yes, unfortunately. Oh. I feel so ashamed that you called me out on that now. <laughs> Hey, it's your story, man. Actually, actually, what, actually, what we ended up doing was, um, was we set a, a timer for like two hours or something, or 90 minutes. And if both teams so the, the winner automatically got ice cream, but if the second team finished their chores under the timer, they could get ice cream as well. Sure. So they'd have to work for a little bit. But when we made it a game and we were all yeah. having fun, it got done. It's fantastic. So that's a helpful, help, helpful parenting tool. Turn everything into a game because kids are competitive. That's yes. right. So if you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing. It's one of your the, daughter would think yeah. less of you if you didn't bump her into the wall as right? you turned that corner on the stairs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's exactly <laughs> right. She's like, he I can't running. respect you, Dad. You race clean. <laughs>
0: when I when I go slowly, she she berates me. When we get to the top, she's like, winning
2: wasn't as fun today because you didn't really try. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: right. You didn't try. <laughs> she knows you weren't in it.
2: I mean, I can appreciate beating you because you're getting old, Dad. But the fact <laughs> that you didn't even try—that's kind of irrid- it. It, sh- it shows don't a great don't
1: play, Me, It dad. shows. It shows
2: a great deal of disrespect yeah. to, right. to me and my abilities. That's yeah, right. you can relate. I get it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so,
0: um, and talk about uh, so something else that was in the, in the book. I'll, I'll I'll say this and then I'll I'll be quiet for a minute, maybe. But um, I feel like I'm talking a lot.
1: We like it
2: because it's a podcast. In the, thing. It's it's her ninth cup of coffee as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, to go with the two yeah. red bulls and caffeine pills you use.
0: <laughs> I stopped using the caffeine pills yesterday <laughs> um all joking
2: aside, i don't <laughs> I don't use caffeine pills that's true and he doesn't drink red believe I, I, just, he just coffee I, I just drink ethiopian
1: coffee. kenyan coffee
2: from the leeward side of a mountain that he roasts with the warmth from his <laughs> enough. hands enough they don't care that much about me um but, uh, but in the book the book the book the book there's the a book.
0: cartoon in the book that yep. that illustrates uh this sort of playful engagement that i really like because this also kind of comes up in in a household where you have multiple kids and the parents are Oftentimes have to split to divide and conquer, right? And um, the uh, what page is that on, Lori?
1: I'm on 134. Is it the bathtub? Yeah, it's with the bathtub. The mom and
0: dad. Yep, it's the yeah. bathtub with mom and dad. So the, the you know they're in the bathtub and and the child is is uh, asking for dad to wash her hair and mom is like you know in the in the you know how it could be scenario mom's like well dad's up taking care of your sister you know you can't you know he can't come down right now and and it kind of could precipitate into. The, the daughter you know demanding or or whatever and uh that can a lot of control i love how though they they show it in in the second part there where mom starts talking like dad right and kind of imitate mm-hmm. imitating dad oh you want dad huh well here's dad da, 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 mm-hmm. you know right I, and and i think you know i've seen that in and um in in practical application in my household work um not that exact scenario but that kind of and I, I think I think dads get a bum rap here because I think that's basically a dad joke, right? Yeah. Like that's that's a dad joke, and and I think that dads kind of naturally do that maybe from time to time. Um, but that sort of playfulness will avert a mini crisis.
1: Absolutely.
2: Well, I think what 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 that that um, that cartoon uh, illustrates and, and what you were saying is that we often think it takes more work to be playful than it actually does. Oh, there you go. Right, because you think we have to stop, stop down. Um, and, you know, I, I said to one of our, our, our kids' therapists one time, I said, I don't think I'm a very playful person. And she said, I'd like to challenge that. And I said, why? She said, because you come in here and vocally spar with me every single time I see you. She said, you're playful with your words. And so I kind of took that to heart. And so if we're trying to diffuse a situation at home, I'll just do like a random accent. I can talk like an Australian or or a drunken Glaswegian, which is a Scottish accent, but muddled, mumbly, because I can't do a really great Scottish accent. And so the kids always laugh, like it diffuses them immediately when I do goofy accents and they laugh all of the time. And that doesn't take hard work. I didn't even have to get out of my chair. I'd just start dancing, they all like hit the floor. Yeah, I was gonna say, body body movement, uh
1: absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I embarrass the heck out of them when I dance.
2: Oh, and, oh, you mean you dance in
0: public? I in do. Of, uh, Embarrassment I do. is such a such an it's, underrated it's, skill. Yeah, I know <laughs> the ability it's to embarrass so others. Oh. Oh. Let's Humbling. just be clear: shaming wrong, embarrassing shaming wrong. is fine. Awesome. <laughs> that's, <embarrassing. laughs> thats a win. Embarrassing, <laughs> this, right? As a matter of fact, Especially we're going to amends the whole brain child. Strategy number thirteen is embarrassing <laughs> your family. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Colon, dance like nobody's watching. Comma, seriously, we mean it. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <clears throat> and if you didn't grow up in a playful environment. This is going to be tricky, but I hope what you're hearing from Ryan and Sean and myself is that it's it, we all have the capacity within us we just have to tap into what feels most natural with our personalities and our temperament Sean and I are dancers Ryan talks funny there is something that you have within you it's called an accent
0: Lori it might (laughs) might be it it might be an insult to actual dancers to call me a dancer I'm just Sean and I dance Ryan just talks
1: funny the shoulder (laughs) shrug
2: and now everybody has it because this is being video
1: you're welcome everyone Um, but finding you know having conversations with people around you of, of cultivating that within yourself so that you can use it with your kiddos. But I promise when you do, Shauna's right, you're going to diffuse many of situations. Um, and the fear, I think, is that you're making something that feels very heavy or important to you. You're diminishing it and making it feel too lighthearted when you use humor and playfulness. Mm-hmm. And it's heavy to it's heavy to you and for you because you have a fully evolved brain and your child does not. And so when you can bring it back to a place that your child fully is able to experience and understand through play, then you have chances of actually making progress and stepping closer to that connection.
2: Yeah. And if you're raised in, raised in a home where you didn't have playful parents and then they've engaged you playfully, this is so, so hard to do. Or right. If, or if you uh, have play, you know, you you're a coach, Right. To actually just throw a ball, if you're a baseball coach, well, I was a soccer coach, and just to kick the ball back and forth with the kids was so hard for me because all of a sudden it was like, bended like Beckham techniques, and you want to hit it with this part of your foot. And my wife's like, you're ridiculous. Can you just like pass the ball back to him? <laughs> so so I mean, it is hard. It is hard to do, yeah. right? Because if you weren't engaged playfully or if you your mind's wired like a coach. But you need to do it because the other thing, um, and I wish I'd remember this, this, this number, but – I'm going to make up some numbers now, right? If you try to teach somebody something, it'll take 240 repetitions. Oh, if you try to, my favorite number. If you try and teach somebody something uh, playfully, it'll take like 20 repetitions, right? Because you're, the, the juices that are flowing in your mm-hmm. brain make it conducive to learning. And so that's why um, if we don't have to teach the lesson, we're just playing and then we just like talk respectfully to each other. Well, the kids are learning how to talk respectfully to each other. so So I
0: love it. Little known fact, that's the only reason I'm here is to make this playful and engaging so that they can learn. <laughs> You're
1: doing a fine job. I do for... love how
2: you pointed at the camera.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so did you just try to block my face out? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, we you figured th- out earlier squeezing my head. Hold on, I can't where's it at? Show me. No, it's not working. There it is. If we do this, this is just a little bonus for you guys. We can we can squish his head from here. That's we just lost all of our viewers <laughs> and listeners.
2: And Ryan, there, and Ryan's out. Pushed he his head. I'll ah, bring us back. There's a point over. in the
1: book, and it's it's really really simple, um, and it's not groundbreaking. But I think when we when we really unpack it, it can be really insightful. And it's the amount of enjoyment parents and children share together should be greater than the amount of conflict they experience
2: should be Mm -hmm.
1: should be and i think that's another great litmus test of stepping back and looking at your week and evaluating how much joy did we have versus how much um arguing or conflict and if those the joy isn't greater stop and say what am i going to do as the parent to change that for next week what am i going to shift
2: what a great sorry I was going to say what a great segue to conflict
0: I'm going to say one thing and and, uh, we are uh, we are trying to keep this episode short today so we may have to jump into the uh, into the next strategy but on I'm just inspired by what you said so I have to say this Um, I know a man who once said that to be happy in life you have to learn to be happy in your misery Mm. and really what he meant with that wasn't that you I know what I uh, meant (laughs) Be clear. It wasn't Ryan North at R North at CK Family Services, or but it was um, it was it was someone else. And and so when because if you set that expectation, I think some people hear when they hear you 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 know uh, to have more positive or happy experiences than negative experiences, but the reality is is that that you you determine that right. True. It's not this. It's not the circumstance or the experience that determines your state. It's it's you and your ability to implement all the the things that we've discussed here that determines what your state is and what that experience is with the with whomever you're experiencing it with. Yeah. And if you can get to the point where you can be happy in your misery, where you can where you can see the silver lining, or you can you can you can joy and suffering appreciate yes, the, no matter what your
2: circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Then
0: then suddenly a hundred percent of your experiences are those positive. And and it, it plays very well into the me we because right. to do that effectively you need to feel connection with somebody else because, yes, because you can't
1: do it in isolation. Bearing,
0: bearing that burden alone is it's almost impossible to find the joy in in those moments. Um, but a shared negative experience. Can make some of
2: the best stories for later on in life to tell other people about. Right? The sucked, but at least we were in it together. <laughs> That's <a joy>. Spot <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, right. Spot on.
1: Absolutely. It's like
2: right. It's like going to the amusement park. I hate it, but at least we did it together. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, um, conflict. Conflict. Yeah. So, um, one of the great things about about doing these things with children is is it turns out to be very therapeutic and eye opening for ourselves. Like it's 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 not intentional. It didn't go sit down in a the therapist's office, but but like it it we bump up against things and then we start to think, well, why did I react that way? And Mm -hmm. so, um, this idea about teaching kids to argue with we in mind, um, is something that is so, so important. I mean, I mean, if you, if you can teach kids to do this, you're going to like preserve marriages, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about that. Um, because if, if we're still, you know, we in mind, and so early on in our marriage, um, and and I can say this because my wife tells us in front of people all the time now, um, I still remember the night she had this realization, we were teaching in parenting classes, and she went, I just figured something out. Um, typically in our marriage early on, um, if we had a disagreement, she would, by her own admission, lob a verbal grenade in, and walk out of the room. Which is super frustrating for me, because I'm like, a, a okay, we've got to engage this now kind of person, right? And And she said, I realized that I'm not great at conflict because I didn't have an example of it and I wasn't taught how to do it. Like her parents never, ever had conflict, negative, saw the resolution, anything in front of the child. Mm -hmm. She said, I could tell my parents argued because of the silence between them for a day or whatever. Mm -hmm. She said, but I never actually saw them work through an issue. Mm -hmm. And then I realized at at 32 years of age or whatever when she was that I don't I don't know how to have conflict with people because i was never taught right and so that's that's why i think this is such a great like close like like this is the crescendo of the movement here Mm -hmm. because if we can coach people how to have civil (coughs) discourse how to have conflict but still be moving in the same direction how to actually um make your point and let somebody else make theirs yep. um, oh my god you, sh- you just get a resolution so much better and I think this is just a super 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 important not that the rest is not important but Absolutely. I think this is a fantastic <laughs> skill do- to teach children
1: if If we don't know how to interact with and within conflict, um we have the misnomer that it's isolating. Con- any kind of conflict can be really isolating. if i if I engage in an argument, I'm fearful that there won't be any kind of um, positive outcome or repair or reconnection. And so there I am, again, um, all alone on my island. And the healthy view is every, Every interaction has some kind of conflict because we are all so unique. And to pretend that conflict isn't going to happen, I think, is just, number one, doing us a disservice. But it's not honing our skills of positive interactions. You, It's it's almost as though you have to have both in order to have the whole. And I have to have conflict sometimes in order to have strengthened connections with others. And so when we teach our kids to avoid any kind of conflict, we're not equipping them to how to deal with life down the road because there's no place in this world that's void of it. That's right. You know, and, and so I think fully, not only is it just about how to be connected in conflict and how to get to a place of connection after conflict, but really the underlining message in this is all about empathy, and it's about understanding and seeing things from the lens of the other person. I mean, Ryan, you're you're here telling this story, but you're you know your wife better. You know your wife more deeper and more fully because of that interaction that you yep. had with her because she was sharing with you and 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 that strengthens your connection. Because you're able to empathize.
2: Yeah, and understanding why I handle conflict the way right. I did it w- was helpful. And so um, we, so the great thing that's happened over the course of the years is we have less conflict. But when we do have conflict now, it's more of a fair fight and, mm-hmm. re- and we repair afterwards. Which is, you kind of, the word I was thinking there was empathy, right? So, it's helping the kids recognize other points of view. You're coaching them on being empathetic, right? Right. Which is so, so valuable because people who have no empathy are really difficult adults to deal with. Mm -hmm. They don't care about how it makes you feel. They don't care about how their actions impact you. Um, And that's really, really difficult to deal with. So, I love that. Uh, Listen to what's not being said. uh, Tuning to others. That's a great attachment skill, uh, relational skill in non-clinical and then my then repair mm-hmm. right because we could we talked about it in, in earlier this episode or the previous episode yeah, the previous episode yeah. where the, a lot of us weren't raised in in um, you know parents who apologize that's not what that generation did and so I remember when we started incorporating this now um, having to tell a four-year-old that I was sorry because of the way I acted was really hard for me yeah because it was so humbling you know we can now apologize without any any difficulty now because we' we've, we've, we've had to do we've had to do it for so we have had to do it because parents behave poorly um even parents who who love their children and want what's best for them behave poorly at times and so um having to say i'm sorry for what i did and so we told the kids you say you specifically what you're sorry for then you ask them to forgive you Mm -hmm. right so i am sorry that i broke your toy will you please forgive me at the same time we've coached our children that when somebody says that they say that that they're sorry you don't have to say that it's okay you can say thank you you do not have to, because it, it doesn't have to be okay. You can still be mad, it can still be wrong, right. but you can recognize that they have tried to repair.
1: And and the freedom of, I'm not ready to forgive you just yet.
2: Yes, that's the other thing, Like like we say, so, and if you're not ready, we, we'll help you, get. you have to get to that place where you forgive your sibling, but if you're not ready for right now, that's okay too, because yeah. you're entitled to your feelings. Yeah. Because what happens is something. oh, I'm sorry I did that, it's because I'm not apologizing. To you, I'm apologising. some mom and dad don't hear me because I don't want to be in trouble. And so, mm-hmm. no, it's it's a valuable skill uh, teaching because ultimately, what you're doing is you're teaching your children to take accountability for right. their
1: actions. It's not meant to be a habit. It's yep. meant to be a
0: response.
2: Yes. Right. So we love it. Well, and I I just want to caution folks
0: as you're using conflict uh, as a, a teaching opportunity for kids. To, um, Avoid uh, a pitfall that I fell into early on with my with my second daughter in particular. Uh, Sorry, my first daughter, my second child was uh, solving all of her problems for her. Right. So like when when the children come to you with some sort of a conflict, maybe it's not a conflict directly between you and them, but between peers or or siblings or or whomever. um, Avoid the urge to solve the problem for them walk them through the steps, right? Mm. Just like if somebody comes to you and wants to know how to make a milkshake, don't just go make a milkshake for them, right? Walk them through the steps. Maybe the teaching them how to fish thing is a better analogy. But I like milkshakes. I like milkshakes. I like milkshakes too. (laughs) I particularly would like one right now. Milkshakes. Mm. (laughs) uh, Mm, Donuts. I I think that's. uh, I'll I'll call that a pro tip. I'll call that a pro tip. It's just uh, avoid avoid the situation where you feel like uh, through sense of urgency or that you need to be the expert or whatever the deal is. Let people let people learn. Um, by,
2: by it's hard. Them. Yeah, that's that's great advice. It is. Right, because if you want your kid to learn how to tie their shoelaces, at some point you're going to have to stop tying their shoelaces for them. Yeah, that's or right. ride know. a bike. You're going to have to let go at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. at some point. And so teaching your, ch- your child problem-solving skills – um, you know, people said, well, I mean, is this really pre- preparing my kids for the real world? And I'm like, what do you mean, compromises? <laughs> you, you don't think ha- having sound, negoti-
1: Negotiations, sound negotiating right?
2: skills is helpful in the <laughs> real world?
0: There was not very much compromise on my drive into work today. I'm just going to say I was almost ran over like six or seven times by people.
1: Well, that's unacceptable.
0: It is. We're, we're going to have to take this podcast to the highways, guys. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to install speakers on the outside of my car.
2: All right, I'm um, gonna I'm gonna be like my old school point.
0: politician driving down Main Street.
2: Yes, my here's my closing point. I don't want to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, point well made. Um, okay, so we are uh, we. I I feel like this we're kind of cutting this one short a little bit, May, maybe we'll revisit some of these things later. Um, we'll we'll see how uh, I'm getting I'm getting the okay sign <laughs> that that maybe we can continue. So let's. Um, uh, so let's talk about it a little bit more then, I guess. <laughs> what a great idea.
1: <laughs> I implore, implore, please, if you own this book, please, 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 of all the chapters, um spend some time on page 40, 143 and 144. Um, this is just, it's so important. And I think as parents and it may sound like we're beating a dead horse. We're going to continue to beat the dead horse. So much of this is how we're parenting, and yet it also falls back on us. And so what I've always loved about Mm, the great pages after each chapter is is how does this apply to me as a parent? What do I need to be mindful of? And there's um, just two things that I want to read in there because I see this play out all the time, both within the four walls of my own home um, for my husband and I, as well as, as a therapist working with families and with children. And it's these two quotes. The first one's on 143. The parent-child connection is all about how well we've made sense of our experiences with our own parents and how sensitive we are to our children that powerfully influence our relationship with our kids and therefore how well they will thrive. And what this says is that we've got to look back. We, we, we've we said, and if you've heard us in previous podcasts about we tend to parent the way that we were parented, especially in high stressful situations, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And then the charge isn't to just do the exact opposite of what was done for you if it was a, a, a less desirable or copacetic um, upbringing. If your parents yelled a lot, so your response is, okay, well, I'm never going to yell in my house. That's that's not what Dan and Tina are saying. That's not what Ryan and Sean and I are saying to you. In fact, don't do the exact opposite. But what we want you to do is spend time making sense of why did my dad yell a lot? Because that's going to take you on a trail of, well, his dad yelled a lot too. And it was during the time of the Great Depression and there were big demands on the family. And whatever that story is going to be it's going to be part of your story and so when you make sense of your story and you have a narrative you're showing your children that this is an important thing to do to make sense of who you are and where you came from and with that narrative you have power and you have control Mm -hmm. and you have you get to be the director and the producer and all the things of your own story and so that went into the next quote of you might be tempted to simply Parent in a way exactly opposite of how your parents did it. But instead, openly reflect on how your experiences with your parents affected you. Because with mirror neurons and implicit memory, we directly pass on our emotional life to our children Mm. for better or worse.
2: Ooh. That's heavy.
1: It is.
2: That's heavy.
0: I'm glad I have you guys to share that with.
2: Um, (laughs) You know, the first quote, when you you said... um, don't just and it's in the second quote too. Don't just parent the complete opposite. Because parenting the complete opposite is evidence that you have just um repressed your childhood. Absolutely. You haven't done the work, right? And just you've just turned your back on it. And on page one forty four they've got the, the, the this the four boxes of the arrows. I don't know what you call that. Um flow-y. That's it's a, continuum a flow graph. chart. Flow chart. chart. Okay. <laughs> flow chart. Continuum
1: graph. Continuum. It's a flow chart. It's a flow you know, chart.
2: You know, I'm just going to say this. The fact that you called it a flow chart and you said a continuum graph <laughs> is pretty much what it's like de- working with Sean and Laurie, okay? Sh- Sean said flow chart. Laurie said, what are all the words in the thes- thesaurus that I can use? Laurie, I think we should refer to it from now on out as a. Um, what would you call
0: continuum it continuum continuum chart let's call it a continuum chart a continuum mm-hmm. graph I like that. Yeah.
1: continuum chart
2: oh, good Sean
1: and mine okay. put together
2: either that is it, or a flow a flow graph <laughs> a flow graph, a flow graph. <laughs> <laughs> like that its official name is continuum <laughs> chart but flow graph is what we call it colloquially oh, Anyhow, point, point being <laughs> um, it makes more sense it makes more sense to me backwards than it does forwards right so if mm. the goal is to have kids that thrive mm-hmm. then you're going to have to have kids with secure attachment to their parents. Mm. And if you want kids with secure attachment to their parents, they have to be able to weave a, co- a, co- a coherent narrative. And in order to do that, you have to make sense of your past. Right? That mean, That's um, the adult attachment interview, anyway, right? The, 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 the things you say and how you say them are indicators of whether of what whether you've made sense of right. what it's not happened what
1: was done to you necessarily. Yeah,
2: it's have you made sense of it, right? And so that's why you got to do the hard work because if you do want kids that thrive, it starts with you making sense of your past. And a lot of us are in deny and dismiss. My my childhood was fine. I'm like mm, fine's the Christian F word in my opinion, right? I mm-hmm. mean, and then somebody there's an acronym feelings I'm not expressing. Yeah, I'm like yeah, that's what fine is um, because people who say I'm fine. Um, are A, afraid of doing the work, or B, have really convinced themselves that they don't have any work to do. And I think we have to dig back there a little bit. Uh, and, and one of the things that I know from working with parents over the years, that why they're ex- uh, afraid of doing the work is because they think that if they go back and dig and try to make sense of it, they will displease their parents or they will end up being feeling negative, negative have negative feelings towards It's going to
1: shatter something in their own makeup, in their own framework. The truth of the
2: matter is that those two things are not true. Right. It actually allows me to relate better to my father today than it did five years ago mm-hmm. because of some of, you know, the results of, of him not making sense of his past then affected how he parented. And so, you just, I mean, th- there's not like tragedy in my childhood, but it wasn't fairy tale either. There's stuff, right? Yeah. And and being able to make sense of that actually allows you to re- to release the anger you may have towards towards your parents, which is in a place where you can actually create an environment where kids can thrive.
1: Right. And the end goal isn't, oh, man, they Yeah. That was really dysfunctional. I mean, that's that's not what we're hoping comes out. It may. It, you may have a, a, a rele- revelation of, oh, that divorce, that was much more impactful mm. on me than I really thought that it was. Um, and so – I see now, because of my parents' divorce, that I tend to um, view commitment and relationships a little bit different. I bet that because of my divorce, that has something to do with now my view of commitment. Um, it, it adds insight and depth and meaning yeah. to who you are now when you do that. And you're right. I think the idea of rocking the boat of my idyllic childhood – Everything was fine. I had two parents. They stayed married. Um, they're still married to this day. I was the middle child. I mean, pretty. Went to private school. Went to college. Pretty ordinary. And it feels idyllic. And the mm. idea is, not we're not here to shatter. We don't. We don't want you to shatter that. But we want you to go deeper so that you can understand yourself more fully.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. It's a foundation. Build on it. Yep. Okay, guys. Uh, let's. Do we have final thoughts for today?
2: Um. I, honestly. I What she said perfectly captures everything I might have even been thinking. So, And I've done this before, but I'm just going to ditto what Laurie said. Okay. That's, that's beautiful.
1: Thank you. That was my final thought.
2: Wow. <laughs>
1: I'm going to own okay. that.
2: What's the wrap it up saying to me? <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you haven't had the
0: opportunity to visit the studios at, at, at Arlington office, um, we we frequently refer to this space as the affirming space. It is, and and that has never been more true than after that little statement. I, I affirm your thoughts on the matter. Such a lovely place to be. Um. Thanks so much for listening to the show, guys. Uh, I this this will likely conclude uh, our review, not review our discussion of of the whole brain child book. Um. There's there's some good stuff in in the conclusion chapters and uh there's some ages and stages uh towards the end of the book we really encourage you to uh to continue reading um who knows we may come back and surprise you with some some nuggets uh at some point along the way uh drawn from from those uh kind of resource pages as well but um we hope that you've we hope that you've benefited from this it was our hope and intent uh when we set out to do this that uh, you would find value in it and, and uh we hope that it, it enhances your ability to parent.
1: And and we won't After this, um, we'll return back to our other podcasts of of just going on to different topics and different day to day things that we experience in this field. Um, But I'm curious. So on our Facebook page, if we uh, have the opportunity to do another book study, send us some titles, send us um, some books that you're reading that you'd like some maybe some us to add into a discussion or another podcast, we may not review the whole entire book, but maybe we can put some insights or some dialogue around that. um in that context. And so just let us know what you're reading, what you want to read, and if you want any direction from Ryan Sean and I and how to steer you um, in the right place for your literary resources. We're here it. for
0: you. And Lori said Facebook page, but I think she meant Facebook group. I did. Mm, I did. So literal. <laughs> so literal. <laughs> we need to have a, a discussion on literality. Literality? It's a word look it up i I believe it it doesn't exist don't look it up
2: (laughs) it should though
0: thanks so much for listening this is maybe our longest episode yet um we love you thank you for supporting us share like all of the above please join our facebook group let us know that you're there engage with us in community in that way and and like Lori said uh let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about We, we got plenty of plans for ourselves so don't think if you're not something out there that the show is going to go away but but we do want
2: to be engaging with you that's really what we're trying absolutely what we're trying to do so you two both said that you love the listeners i'd like to say that i have strong emotional feelings that are complicated (laughs) 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 in the interest of transparency
0: just say it
1: just Just say it
0: all right thanks so much guys we'll talk to you next time
1: Bye. bye